You may be seated. Good evening, VTS community. It is so wonderful to be here at VTS where I see many friends and many friends that are family. And so what an opportunity to come here and to be amongst you all. And I'd like to thank especially Dr. Joseph Thompson for inviting me to share with you on this occasion. And what a blessing to share that with Bishop Alette Rolf. And as I said to your Dean, Dean Markham, any excuse I can have to come here and be with him a friend and good colleague. And so I thank you for sharing your community with me. Let us pray. Almighty God, I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for you are our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Over, well over 50 years ago, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. wrote in response to President Kennedy's assassination that he said, our nation should do a great deal of soul searching. He went on to say that while the question who killed President Kennedy is important, the question what killed him is more important. On this evening, that is 51 years to the day of King's assassination, these words are prescient. For while we know who killed him, it is clear that we as a nation have never asked, let alone confronted, what killed King. To do so would make clear that the deadly bullet which struck Dr. King at 6.01 p.m. on that 1968 April 4 Thursday in Memphis, Tennessee, was a consequence of the violence that violence created and hence the cycle of violence that continues to define this nation even 51 years later. For it is the very same violence that sustains the prison industrial complex in which brown and black bodies are unduly trapped. It is the same violence that perpetuates the school-to-prison pipeline that stifles the life options of far too many black girls and boys. It is the violence of inhumane poverty which disproportionately traps black and brown people, especially children, in a culture that promises death, not life. And it is the very same violence of the everyday realities of so-called unconscious bias, for make no mistake about it, no matter how unconscious this bias is or is not, it is violent. For anything that demeans, dismisses, degrades, or disrespects the sacred dignity of another human being is violent. And it is the same violence that builds border walls and separates immigrant children from their parents, leaving them to languish in tent encampments. The violence that killed King is the violence that is white supremacy. It is the violence 
that is making America great again. So this begs a question for all of us who sit here this evening commemorating not simply the death of King, but most significantly his life and legacy. And that question is this, what does it mean for us to be Christians in such a time as this when the nation has yet, our nation, has yet to confront the very violence that took King's life 51 years ago? Indeed, the very same violence that he fought to put to an end. Put simply, what is it that we who claim to follow Jesus are called to do? In answering this question, we are instructed by King himself as he reflected on what compelled him to engage in the struggle for black freedom and to fight for a just future. He said this, he said, this is what we as Christians have pledged to do. To be a Christian king explained, one must take up the cross. He went on to say that the cross we bear always precedes the crown we wear, he proclaimed. And so, what are we as Christians, those who follow Jesus, called to do in these violent times that are ours? We, like King, are called to bear the cross. Which, of course, begs yet another question, which is, what does that mean? <laughs> what does it mean for us to bear the cross that was Jesus? It means first and foremost, claiming our creatureliness, claiming our creatureliness, as in not pretending to be other than we are, creatures of God which by the way is pretty darn good. And so to claim our creatureliness means letting go of those constructed pretensions of privilege that are race, that are religion, that are class, that are country of origin, that are gender identity, sexual expression, or any other privilege that tells us that we are more valuable, more special, more important, more entitled than another human being. And here's the thing. It is in freeing ourselves from the entitlements of our own sinful making that we discover that those whom we have othered, marginalized, victimized, and crucified are just like us. That is, we are, as my sister would say, just dressed up dirt with bodies that can be hurt and need cared for, hearts that can be shattered and need love, and spirits that can be broken and need healed. It is no doubt for this reason that most major religions profess some version of the golden rule as Jesus gives it to us this evening in our gospel, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And so it was that Jesus went to the cross, letting go of anything that would separate him from the crucified classes of his own day. What does it mean to bear the cross that was Jesus? It means to claim our creatureliness, and it means being rebels for righteousness. 
There is a time when silence is betrayal, King said. Because he dreamed of a world when God's justice would be a reality for all of God's children, silence was not an option for King in a world filled with the violence of injustice. King's very dream, therefore, compelled him to be a loud rebel for righteousness, the righteousness that is the justice of God, regardless of the cost. Thus, as he recognized that the triple evils of racism, poverty, and militarism were all a part of the same puzzle of violent injustice, he was compelled to break his silence and call the nation to account for the hypocrisy of the war that was Vietnam. I really feel, he said to a trusted advisor, that someone of influence has to say that the United States is wrong and everybody is afraid to say it. So King said it, only to incur the wrath not just of his enemies and many religious leaders in this nation, but also of those he considered his trusted friends and colleagues. But this is what it means to be a rebel for righteousness bearing the cross. And so, of course, there was no one more perfect, no more perfect rebel for righteousness than Jesus, as he, for instance, called out his disciples for their self-righteous hypocrisy, chastised the Pharisees for their blind injustice, enraged against temple leaders for turning God's house into a den of robbers. He was an unrelenting rebel for righteousness, even as it meant for him a crucifying death. The ultimate tragedy is not the oppression and cruelty by the bad people, but the silence over, over that by the good people, said King. To be a rebel for righteousness is to break the cruelty of silence in the face of hateful injustice, even when all others maintain theirs, even those who would call themselves Christian. This is what it means to bear the cross. And this leads us to another aspect of bearing the cross, which is being oppositional opportunists. Oppositional opportunists. To be an oppositional opportunist means taking advantage of every opportunity to show forth at least a glimpse of the God in whom we believe. This is a God who cares about each hair on our very head. Ours is a God with a heart, which is why the best synonym for God is love. And so it is. We must be opportunists in showing forth the heart of God, thereby opposing the heartless injustice of our world. Put simply, we must take every opportunity to oppose the indecency of our earthly, earthly realities by showing forth the decency of God's heart. I have decided to stick to love, King proclaimed, for he said, hate is too great a burden to bear. You see, King was clear that we should, as he said, let no man pull us into the darkness of hate. Thus, even as rocks were hurled at him and his name was cursed and his body was beaten, King did not respond in kind. Instead, he took advantage of the opportunity to oppose such vile hatred with the loving justice of God.
For King, this meant, as he said, meeting phys the physical force of white racist hate with the soul force of God's love by protesting in the streets and challenging in the courts and seizing the power of the ballot. Indeed, I am struck by the fact that even as Jesus bore the cross of crucifixion, the greatest sign of human hatred, he did not respond in kind even when he was spat upon and mocked as if the nails of crucifixion were not enough. Instead, he went so far as to show forth the love of God by asking forgiveness for his crucifiers. It is the cross that in King's words cries out to us across the vistas of time, compelling us to love our enemies, do good to those who hate us, bless those who curse you, pay for those who abuse you, pray for those who abuse you. This is what it means to be oppositional opportunists in a time like ours, fueled by a politics and culture of hate. And so what does it mean for us to bear the cross? It means, yes, being oppositional opportunists. And if we are this, then we are also stone catchers. To borrow from a story in the words of Brian Stevenson in his book, Just Mercy, stone catchers. In this world, a nation that is ours, Stones are constantly being cast, even from the highest offices in our land. These are stones of bigotry, stones of hatred, stones of intolerance, stones of disdain, and stones of fear. To be a people who bear the cross is to be not a people who cast stones, but rather a people who catch stones, a people who catch the stones that are hurled against the sacred dignity of all of our very humanity. And how are we to catch these stones of dehumanizing indignity? By showing up as a witness against them, or by speaking up when they are being thrown in our presence, or by standing with those against whom they are thrown. VTS community, Jesus was a stone catcher. He was a stone catcher for the woman who was attacked for adultery as he turned her attackers away. You will remember he said, you who are without sin, cast the first stone. Indeed, his ministry was defined by what it meant to be a stone catcher, for he was a stone catcher for Samaritans, for lepers, for the blind, for the lame, for all those whose sacred humanity was assaulted. We are to speak for the weak, for the voiceless, for the victims of our nation, for those our nation calls enemy, King proclaimed. For no document from human hands can make these humans any less our brothers and I might add sisters. This is what it means to be a stone catcher. And so what does it mean to bear the cross? It means to, yes, claim our creatureliness, to be rebels of righteousness, to be oppositional opportunists as well as stone catchers. And if we are all these things, then in the end we will be nothing less than signals, signals of transcendence. 
To be a signal of transcendence in this our violent world is to be nothing less than a glimpse of the peace of God that transcends all understanding. This is the peace that is God's just future, a future where the first are last and the last are first, not because there is a reversal of power, penalty, or privilege, but because there are no first, there are no last, because everybody is treated as the equal and sacred child of God that they are, regardless. Practically speaking, then, to be a signal of transcendence means creating spaces that reflect not the world as it is, but God's future as it is going to be. Beginning with the spaces that we inhabit as we move and live and have our being in the world. In other words, in the spaces that each and every one of us inhabit, there should never ever be a time in which anyone is not valued and respected as the sacred children of God that they are, regardless of how they look, how they live, or how they love. Simply put, it means that we are to reach always beyond the standards, values, and compromises of this world and even of our ecclesiastical Episcopal gatherings. So to grasp the standards and values of God where all are respected and welcomed regardless. This is what it means to be a signal of transcendence. It is to be a glimpse of an eternal justice that surpasses all understanding. I want to be remembered, King said, as a drum major for justice, a drum major for peace, a drum major for righteousness. It was indeed in his efforts to be a drum major for righteousness and justice that King was nothing less for all of us than a signal of transcendence. So there you have it the answer to our question of what it means to bear the cross. It means see claiming our creatureliness and are being rebels for righteousness and O being oppositional opportunists and S being stone catchers and S again being signals of transcendence, being the cross in the world. And so what? What does all of this really mean? King told us that if the nation was to ever come to terms with what killed Kennedy, it would need to do a great deal of soul searching. About that, he is right. If we are ever to come to terms with what killed King, this nation has to do a great deal of soul searching. But so also do we who claim to be Christian. For here's the thing, the soul of who we are is that which connects us to God, the God made incarnate in the one who died on the cross. And so it is to search our soul is for us to bear that cro the cross in leading the nation to not only confront the violence that killed King, but leading the nation to stop it. Doing anything less would be a betrayal of our soul, a betrayal of the one we claim to follow. 
And so the challenge is clear for us, especially in this Lenten journey on the way to the cross. Instead of just following Jesus to the cross, let's pick it up, let's bear it. And so it is the challenge of not simply commemorating King on this evening. It is the challenge of confronting and stopping the very white supremacist violence that killed him and is indeed killing us all. The challenge is for us to leave this place determined to bear the cross. When I took up the cross, King said, I recognized its meaning. The cross is something that you bear and ultimately that you die on. But he said, take up your cross and just bear it. As it was for him, may it be for us also. Amen. <laughs>